each Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Varney. Indeglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. We've both spent this entire song preening our hair for an audio podcast. My quarantine PJ pants are becoming an issue in the smell department. And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast detailing David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week we are up to season four, episode five. It is episode 66 of Out of Practice. How are things going, Mike? They're going okay. Keith, quick question for you. Yeah. In your shot, your wonderfully framed shot today, by the way. Oh, I I'm amazing. There's a casually tossed acoustic guitar in the background. My question is, is that yes. literally casually tossed? Someone was playing it, or did you set that as set dressing? Well, as you know, I don't play the guitar, so it would be of no use to me whatsoever. No, Jillian was playing uh nay 10 minutes ago it's a shame we didn't get that in the pre-roll i (laughs) she was like would it be annoying if i just kept playing through the whole podcast so we're she's gonna do live underscoring but (laughs) she gave that a pass yeah that boredom would have gotten real real fast oh it's it all gets real but here i'll i'll crop down and my less casually tossed piano is in the shot speaking of less casually tossed piano well that's a a segue that didn't quite go as i intended (laughs) Our intern is on the line today, my wife, and I finally broke down her constant nagging over months of quarantine. She has been asking for a piano. Now, as long as I've known her, she's always stated that she is a a intermediate to advanced beginner piano player. Yes. And I but I've never heard her touch the ivories or the plastics. So How exciting. Now all will be revealed, and whether our investment is sound or not, will because you bought clear. a piano. We bought a piano uh, under the recommendation of my guru, my sound guru. Well, your piano guru, right? Yes, yes. You got a uh, got a Roland FP10, right? Yep. We went through Sweetwater. They were doing a sweet thirty-six month financing deal. Oh yeah, I did the same thing with mine. So it should be paid off by the time I am in my mid-40s. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to play it. Like I'm a I'm a Roland guy myself, if you're a piano nerd. I uh I went from an FP5, now I've got an FP7F, which is a great, great instrument. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big it's fan. Insane to me because I'm not in the piano universe really, that for a modest investment. Uh, you know, five hundred dollars is nothing to laugh at, but five hundred bucks is not an insane amount of money. No, 
And for an instrument, I mean, for what you can get for 500 bucks, all of the kind of bells and whistles and the voices and it's Bluetooth capable, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard not to have. And it all really helps, too, because a lot of times friends come over or people come over and I only have acoustic guitars here uh, and a couple electric guitars. And so it's hard to really create music. But now it's much easier when people come over. There's a lot more collaborative possibilities. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. And I I love mine. I mean, mine's now a couple of years old. It was like the, the, the fancy model, but it's a I I loved it. And the my FP5, like I played and I played it to dust mm-hmm. until the keys literally stopped working. The other so. thing I should mention, since we're talking about our intern is, do you know what else our intern did for us today? Oh, what's that? She steamed the curtain behind me. Oh, my God. For my for viewing your, pleasure yeah for you only <laughs> since nobody's watching this wow well but that's not true because i saw you performing last night in a uh i i've been trying to explain it to people i i was talking i was trying to explain it to eric and elise and then i talked to my mom is like so what what is it i'm like well it's sort of a it's a live choose your own adventure thing where you vote on it like jackbox like yeah. what happens the audience votes i've been informed we can't use the phrase choose your own adventure that is a copywritten <laughs> ip so they refer to it as a seize the choice adventure seize the choice so basically <laughs> you watch it's sort of a live action audiobook uh, in real time with actors and then you you as the audience influence the different choice choice pathways it's been cool I started with it when it was in alpha and now it's into beta and it's they're getting their groove and they're hiring writer outside writers and uh, hopefully it will become something. I don't know. It's it's been something fun to work on during quarantine uh, outside of just this podcast. So, yeah, well, it's it's cool tech and and uh, you guys do a great job with it. Yeah, it's sees the show.com. I'll put it in the show notes. I think now uh, the general public is invited. It's still free at the moment. So that's the kind of benefit for. Anybody, if you're a gamer or into, I, I think next week is like a, or two weeks from now is a whodunit. Uh, this week is a ah. a sci-fi adventure, and my cats are going insane behind me. Of course they are. And this week you're the captain. I'm the I'm Captain James Treffler, and I get to say, uh, whatever's trying to board us is about to get cold fusion heartburn. That's my favorite <laughs> line. Something like that. Well, you know, you uh, you. I believe that makes you oopsie eligible. Uh, maybe. What's what's <laughs> really weird about it, actually, you'll probably understand, is that generally, for me anyway, I'm always, regardless of how long I've been doing a show or how long the run has been, I always have butterflies and nerves on the day of a show leading up to 8 o'clock, usually between like 4 and 6 o'clock. I, yeah, sure. I'm feeling the butterflies just because that's normal. And then at eight o'clock, as soon as we step on stage, you just, it all goes away, you know? Right, right. Not the case here because there are so many things technically that can go wrong in this kind right, of, right. like the Zoom could go tits up, my script, my Google Drive, somebody like one night, somebody hit delete by accident and literally deleted oh, the script. No. <laughs> so you had to like go undo it. It was... And or, you know, your mic could cut it. There's so much crap. So it's a new world. Everybody's trying to figure out how to uh, how to navigate the waters, because who knows when live performance, 
I was just reading the other day. Sorry, we're, we've gone into territory of other podcasts, but, you know, Barrington Stage is a really respected regional theater, and they're trying to lead the way in this new sort of normal. And I was just reading yesterday, they've ripped out every two seats in between two seats. And they're going they to actually continue, remove the seats, remove the seats. And they're going to continue this season with exclusively one person shows. Yeah, well, I, I did. I did get that. I got the press release. And oh, uh, right. I forgot that what you do for a living. That is what I do for a living. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I was talking to uh, I think it was my mother last night and I was like, I am skeptical that the lowered capacity in the theater is going to make any difference. Because uh, you're still having bottlenecks in the aisles and in the bathrooms and the, the way there. And besides, was, I'm not sure there's a lot of evidence that that's going to make much of a big deal. I th- For me, I would rather be in a packed theater where everyone's wearing a mask than sit two seats away from somebody who's not. Well, there's other logistics, too. One of them being I was speaking to a producer friend of mine and... Selling a one-person show is generally impossible to sell it to sell it to a capacity that is going to make you any money. Right. Th- the quote they said, which I thought was pretty awesome, was, "I could have Jesus Christ come back and tell the tale of his last days, and I still couldn't sell it more than thirty percent." So that's just that's... the reality of license or of, of marketing yeah. shows. But you know and there's other logistics we won't go into it but just for people listening you know there's it's crazy because what's hap- what you're seeing happening is that union productions pe- uh, pr- productions with union actors generally considered you know professionals but that's a whole different conversation you don't have to be in union to be professional regardless those productions coming direct from broadway are now being sold to non-union producers because equity the actors uh, union. union wants to have protections you know a, a certain set of guidelines a, a benchmark to say okay well we can protect our actors by saying you have to make sure everyone's tested or there's right right you're taking temperatures at the door i don't know what those protections are i just know that they're going to lobby for them whereas outside of the union you don't need that and so producers are clearly going to go that route early on because of the liabilities, blah, blah, blah. So there's so many questions, very little answers, and you're already seeing states and situations where people are trying to open up too soon. It's just becoming a cacophony of chaos. So, Oh, yeah. No, it, it's it's a mess, and it's going <clears> to... <throat> the way it's handled, this is, this is not going to happen anytime soon, and I think that we're... Uh, I don't think we're going to see live theater till at least January. Well, what we will see is live beaches and on the way to Cape May, out the way to Cape May in New Jersey, there's a little town called Wildwood, New Jersey that I know well because I grew up there. I actually spent every summer of my adolescence in Wildwood, Wildwood. New Jersey, which makes me very hardcore. Oh, definitely. And they've You're opened the beaches. Snooky. They've they've opened the beaches, Keith. So it's right down your way. You're now getting a taste of what we've been having every day. What's it like to be in a hot zone now? Well, I, I well, Cape May and Wildwood are very different places. I yeah. I have spent a fair amount of time in Wildwood as well, because uh, it's just down the road from where we are here. But, it's basically uh, the difference between a nice, cozy bed and breakfast mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, a spring break motel eight, like frat motel. Yeah, 
Yeah, that I I think if anybody hears from Wildwood, they're probably not going to say that. But I'm from Wildwood, so I can say it. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, that that is. Uh, yeah, no. Well, here's I. The beaches are open in Cape May too, and here's a picture I took. Oh, it's empty. There's not a soul there. It's beautiful. Uh, I mean, it's terrible. Don't come. Don't come here. I'm <laughs> Please but- don't. I'm peanut butter jealous on that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's actually been very, very nice. And although my mother called to say that uh, the the rates in Cape May are very high per capita, mm. and which is which is weird. Um, but I was just like, have you seen the rates in Queens? Not. Yeah, it's not good. good. Oh right. Well, that's that, what a what a sort of like a, what a dark discussion we've had to start this episode. It's true, but I've are on average in season four, our opening segment has been forty minutes, almost enough to just segment it off as a separate podcast and release it separately. But we're not going to do that. Don't do that. But if yeah, we that's... if we rush now into the episode, we still could beat our average and get into the show sooner. So maybe <laughs> everyone wants that. So let's do it. I I oh boy, I don't like that. Uh, you're kind of low for me. Are you sending me a quieter signal today? Uh, well, I turned off Zoom's uh, auto balance. Uh, is that oh. is that better? Is it back on now? Oh, that's much better. Okay, we'll just keep that then. Auto balance me, jeez. I want to be able to hear you. Oh, it doesn't right. affect what's going into the DAW. Nope. Okay. Oh yes. <laughs> Jen just texted me. Although we, uh, uh, what a what a great way to get into filings and subpoenas. Filings oh. and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Because our intern, our technical support intern, has texted us both saying that you were low. Because that's what I was saying too. Which I don't think anyone uh, listening to it, it's not, not going to make any difference because it's he's was just changing the volume of what I'm hearing on the other side of the East Coast. You don't mean but, like the 12-minute discussion we had about birds last podcast that no one could hear? <laughs> no, I heard the birds. Yeah, but no one, no one could hear it on the actual thing because it doesn't capture Jen's audio. Oh, right. Just like the joke you made about me eating two weeks ago. Which on I'm mute. so sad was not caught. Yeah, explain that what was... happened there. So what happened there was uh, Mike was eating, <laughs> and which is a terrible idea. First off, like that's like the worst thing you can do on a podcast. Uh, speaking of mouth sounds. But he was thinking that he was muting his microphone so as n- not to pick up the eating, horrible eating noises. But what he was actually doing, at least for me, was muting the episode playing. So the only thing I heard was his eating mouth noises. And uh, it was pretty hilariously awful. And unfortunately, you didn't get to hear it. You did not. Uh, Keith, before you begin filing subpoenas this week, I want to give my own filing and subpoena to our audience. Oh, okay. If my calendar, and it should be because it collects all of the metadata from Facebook, Google, and social media, is correct, then a day or two after next week's episode airs uh, will be one of our birthdays. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. 
So I would like to request anybody out there, please email or voicemail in a happy birthday greeting for our buddy Keith here so that I can compile them and play them and embarrass him on the next episode. And now that I've said it on the podcast, if nobody sends anything in, I'm still going to just play silence and it's going to be incredibly (laughs) sad, but also hilarious. So it's sort of a win-win. Oh no. Well, Uh, I mean, (laughs) I know what the sad part is. The sad part is, is not that the sad part is I have uh, 11 days left. Before I hit the big four zero. Well, nothing says midlife crisis like doing a podcast for 63 <laughs> episodes and over 125 hours. So you've been there, buddy. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I, it is staggering. Staggering to consider. Uh, that you're 40. half dead. Oh, I'm more. Well, I'm well more than half dead. But it is. Uh, oh, oh, I don't know what to say about that. But I'm I'm accepting it with grace. I'd like of. to just consider how much how much of a percentage of your life I've actually been a part of now. It's a ju- it's a big percentage. Yeah, I mean, uh, in two thousand three, almost half. Yeah, so seventeen years out of it. Yeah, so in I, in in math number of years, well, I'll have known you for half my life. Oh, well, all right. Well, let's file. Let's subpoena. All right. Uh, Well, here's another thing from our intern. She says, uh, while you're at it, I never said I was an advanced piano player, which I, uh, I'm not sure because Jillian reminded me yesterday that you went to the fancy music school at NYU. So she's like, oh, she's like a real musician, like reading music and stuff. So... Well, you know, we'll have as part of my birthday celebration, a piano recital whenever your piano arrives. Though I would I would probably kick back an argument that uh, reading music isn't particularly making you a fancy musician. But I guess I, I, I think it's pretty fancy. I will admit that I I basically don't read music. So, yeah, well, it's overrated. I mean, it's it's useful, but it is not determinative of whether or not you are a good musician. All right. About those filings and subpoenas. About those (laughs) filings. God. All right. Well, uh, we have heard from a uh, a new friend to the pod. And we have heard from Brandon R. Moclair Augustine, who is... uh, Now, that's a fancy name. I know. I'm I'm sure I've got so much of that wrong because there's some French in there. And uh, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. I did take uh, a year of French and a year of French diction. None of it was retained. But Brandon says, Hi, Keith and Mike. I must say I was both saddened and happy to find your podcast. I've wanted to make the practice, A, the practice podcast for a while now because I'm obsessed with the show and I know every episode forward and backward. I almost became a lawyer because of the show. Unfortunately, the world has forgotten about it. Is it wrong for me to ask you guys to put me in contact? Uh, that was a, that was an inside thing. Uh, is, <laughs> feel free not to include this parenthetical. That keep uh, almost included. Oh, I almost include it. It's, it's not that salacious. Uh, all right. Uh, by the way, the best joke so far has been about Vogelman and his sensible heels. And then after Kittleson saying to Eleanor, what, uh, what I do now, what... 
what I do now is if you look at the other side of my shelf behind the scratch picture of it. Oh, what the hell? I can't read. Words. Words. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sentence structure. Hold on. Hold this on. We're going to have to. This is great podcast. This is <laughs> What's the gist? Yeah. Give us the gist. The gist is, uh, look over on the shelf there behind the picture of, uh, scratched out picture of Lindsay. You find my Emmy. Wow. That, the, the retelling of that joke really did it justice. Oh God. I'm going to kill myself. I'm not I'm editing gonna... it out. So it's no, gonna, you... it stands. <laughs> it stands. Oh no. Oh, I'll allow it. Oh, God, no, I will not allow it. Side note, isn't Helen just amazing? Did you guys ever comment on her very fitting name? I think we did last last episode. episode. Yeah. Uh, He also says, in other news, I can't wait for Mike to see how Lindsay develops over the seasons. No spoilers. I also look forward to the amazingness that is seasons five and six of The Practice. Me too, buddy. We're getting there. Yes. By the way... Uh, a month ago, I saw Mark Mogolis at the World Trade Center Apple Store. I approached him and told him I recognized him first from his character on The Practice. He said uh, he was shocked and said most people recognize him from Breaking Bad. I said that was my second favorite show, but The Practice is my favorite. He responded, but there are better shows than that. To which I replied, no, there aren't. Agreed. Feel free Oh, yes. And he has a uh, photography Instagram page. It's grain underscore escape. Check it out. And uh, it's so great to know that there are people in the world who love the practice. I would be happy to chat about the practice with any cinephiles. Nice work, gents. Regards. Uh, Thank you so much for reaching out. And I, I, of course, warned him that now that he almost became a lawyer, he's the closest thing we have to a lawyer so we will be sending him all of our legal questions. Yeah, you're and he can send now. me a cease and desist for trying to read his jokes. <laughs> yeah, don't ever do that again. <laughs> oh my God, that was terrible. Uh, also, we have heard from our good new friend, Jorge Novoa, who we, we plugged his, um, his article last week. He says, first off, I want to thank you guys so much, not just for sharing my story, but for the amazing compliment. It was surreal hearing you two talk about it. I actually binged your podcast within a few weeks. Oh, my God. And as many listeners feel with their favorite podcasts, I've come to feel like I know you two. It is really, really great that you got to know a part of me as well. Yeah, I, I totally I totally feel that way when I listen to a podcast. And to be fair, this kind of is us. Like, I don't think there's... Uh, but this is not particularly different than our normal conversations. Nope. So here we In fact, are. It's generally our only conversations. So <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, it's pretty dead on. <laughs> this is like, uh, what's that? Conan O'Brien's got a podcast. Conan needs a friend. Mm-hmm. This is basically this is basically Keith and Mike need a friend. Well, I was, tell- I was telling Jen, and I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little sentimental here, Keith. Oh. I was telling Jen, I've known you for a really long time. In fact, we lived together for a good portion of time. We and did. this is by far during this podcast with you, the most uh, quality time we spend together, we've ever spent together. 
And I was Let's... like, I, I was saying to Jenna, I was like, I feel like our friendship has really blossomed. And at this juncture in my life, I mean, it's clearly we're in a full quarantine, but I mean, you're the, you're t- totally in the top echelon of buddies I have. Yeah. I feel the same way. Granted, I have like seven. So don't get, don't get too big for your britches, but. No, oh, uh, please. No. Yeah. And I have, I have like, I mean, I have like two. So. Yeah. I know. They both have your Hulu it. password. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, oh, what a sentimental journey we're on. <laughs> anyway, what Jorge else? continues. And because I can never say just one thing, like we can, an observation as we've sandwiched between two, as we're sandwiched between two Raymond Oz episodes, which we are. Is it just me, or t- does he bear several similarities to Michael Peterson? Not sure if you guys know him, though Mike has mentioned having seen several true crime documentaries in this past episode, so I would imagine he, you have gotten to The Staircase. Of mm-hmm. course. Both are charismatic, accomplished men arrested for killing their wives, caring more about their own celebrity than the actual death of their loved ones. Mind you, the real-life murderer happened two years after the fictional one. Thoughts? And he sent pictures of uh, Raymond Oz and Michael Peterson, and they really do have a lot of similarities. That's really good work. Physically. Now, Raymond Oz is clearly mentally ill, so I I, I don't know that it is, because if Peterson had killed his wife, and there's no, we don't know. Eh. We don't know. Occam's razor. Occam's owl. It definitely was more premeditated than Raymond Oz's situation. Yeah, no, there, there, the what happened there? I mean, Raymond Oz obviously is suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. It's like, and his liability is different. And one than, was was you know could have been bl- at blood from an owl attack, and the other was clearly just grape jelly smeared within the hair. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, very good, very good point, very good observation. Yeah, welcome to the pod. Welcome. Well, uh, yeah, great to have you back, Jorge, and welcome to the pod, Brandon, and. Uh, Really psyched to have you. Really psyched to keep talking about the show. All right. So that's it for filings and subpoenas. Now, this is where I would invite folks to the jury. But in order to be invited to the jury, you have to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or another service. And, uh, you know, it is your solemn duty to write nonsense on Apple because it helps us find other new awesome Listeners, so do it. So, you know what? Uh, I'm going to make an order then. So okay, stop the pod, pause it, or just keep it playing. In fact, because you've got hours ahead of you, and open up your other device, second screen experience. Get on Apple Podcasts <laughs> and leave that review. Just do it. We need you to do it. And, and here's the thing: or you don't have friend. to be clever or funny. You can just copy a paragraph from like your user agreement on iTunes. Yeah, whatever. That Just totally counts. <laughs> help us out. We're trying to fool the system here. If you know a Russian bot, go for it. At this point, we don't care. Oh, yeah. No, please hack. That'd be amazing. Oh, I think I have a friend things who will a reg- Things will regret saying. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Russia, if you're listening. Uh, I have a friend who has another podcast, and I'm pretty sure he did something <laughs> in oh. that regards because he just like started the podcast and had 5,000 reviews. Oh, come on now. In fact, you know what? That's, you know what? We don't want that. We want only organic reviews. In fact, I have a special guest today 
who is one of the most respected men in the entire country who has a little something to say about the integrity of podcast reviews. Barack, are you hmm. there? Oh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, yes, yes, I'm here. Let's let's talk about podcasts. Yeah, first, congratulations on Michelle's Netflix documentary. Really wonderful. Uh, I'm very proud of her. Uh, d- does really great work. Uh, Barack, have you left uh, uh, any podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts? Uh, I can't say that I have. Now, would you like to? I mean, is that something, are you into podcasts? Um, I'm our old school. I use a BlackBerry. Uh, very hard to type the review on the BlackBerry. Well, if you if let's say you really enjoyed the practice, did you watch the practice back in the '90s? Were you busy? I uh, was uh, busy uh, being a community organizer and preparing to be president. Well, in that case, could you organize our community of podcast listeners and, and encourage them to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? Okay, uh, people, I need you to go to Apple iTunes and leave a review. Uh, we'd very much appreciate it. The country appreciates it. Michelle, uh, especially, appreciates it. Uh, Joe Biden, sleepy Joe Biden would uh, really appreciate, uh, but he doesn't know what a uh, podcast is uh, or an apple uh, or anything else. I know you're very busy, Brock. Thanks for chiming in. But last thing, could you just let people know if after they've left that review, how can they contact us to let us know uh, what they're thinking about the podcast, the most recent episode, and and also to inform us that they did, in fact, leave a review? Oh, well, I'd uh, always reach out to outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on, uh, find them. Uh, I'm, I'm not a part of this. I have say have nothing to do with the out of practice podcast. I would, uh, I'd like to make that very, very, very clear. Uh, but, uh, if you were to choose to, uh, investigate, you can go to out of practice podcast at Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, Check Brock. You know, and, uh, 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 enjoy shooting hoops this week. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Bye. All right. So, Keith, that was a little, I had a little, that was a special guest <laughs> was, I brought in. That was bad. <laughs> you didn't really plan it. We kind of just like went with it. You yes ended me and I appreciate it. Well, okay. So, I have to admit something. I am exhausted because I have now uh, tried, I'm, I'm trying, and you know what? You viewers can help me with my account, viewers, listeners can help with my accountability because Tubby is trying to not have his heart explode over the over COVID, so I am uh, doing a like couch to half marathon program. Okay. So uh, I'm now having to get out and like shake my tub across uh, across Cape May. So I did that right before the podcast, and so I'm like, oh, no, I, I can't be funny. So I, I apologize for not being funny. Well, how many miles did you put in today, buddy? Oh, not many at all. When I when I say couch to half marathon, I don't mean I was on the couch. I am a couch. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it, it's starting out with like, do you know how how your feet work? You know, you can. <laughs> you, there are things other than like floppy sandals. Step one: remove the Crocs. <laughs> Step one: yes, take take the Crocs off with your grabbing stick. Push them <laughs> off of your feet. Oh, Chris. Uh, you know, reach down, tie the shoelaces. I know you can't see them, but through context clues, find the laces, tie the shoes. That's, I'm supposed that's... to. I'm supposed to run six miles today, and I don't know. Oh yeah, well, because you're like a real marathoner. Whoa, you're whoa, like whoa. you're at, a real runner. Mi- no, Mike at 32 was that was years ago. <laughs>
I jiggle quite a bit myself now. Um, what are we talking right. about? Oh, good lord! All right, thirty-two we minutes. Gonna... We're gonna now go. See, I thought we could get it in under forty. It's not gonna happen. Oh, I just didn't. It just didn't happen. Never does. All right, it is time to hop back into the time machine and talk about October twenty-fourth, nineteen ninety-nine. It was a Sunday. And it brings up everyone's eternal question. What was going on? Stay in the basement. So Ithaca College, in my last three years, no, I guess all four years of my high school experience, I was on the crew team. I rode. And I have to say, I was was decent. I wasn't. That's a very bougie sport for a non-bougie person. We've discussed that. Yes, yes. But it's also a very popular sport. And I really, really fell for it pretty hard. Is it? Yeah. Turns out it is, Keith. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. So anyhow, the big problem in that is that generally your high class professional rowers, your Olympians and at all at college varsity rowers are tall people, tall, slender people. And the I am, lost twins. Yeah, I am not either of those things. But I do have a pretty decent work ethic and I also loved the sport and I actually ended up coaching a bit of it uh, for a high school team for a while. Nonetheless, when I got to college, I made the crew team. And yeah, they asked me if I wanted to be a coxswain, which coxswain or a coxswain pronounced a lot of different ways, but that's the little angry guy in the front who steers the boat. Right, right. Makes sense. And I would appreciate everyone acknowledging my restraint Mm-hmm. For making no uh, college coxswain jokes. Anywho, I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to row. And so my coach gave me the opportunity to make the actual team. And long story short, this was the part in life where somebody sat you down and said, you know what? You will never do this in the national team, the junior national team, or the anything team. And so oh, no. I was determined to prove him wrong, and so I showed up to the tryouts uh, in October in Ithaca, and it was so cold that my testicles shrank down to a ah! to a a size that uh, uh I don't know it was cold. They, they was, tucked back into your coxswain. Yeah. Long story short, this is where I learned quickly that <laughs> maybe I wasn't as dedicated to this sport that I loved. <laughs> It didn't take a coach telling me I was no good or the fact that I wouldn't make the team. It only took the fact that it was so cold. And I decided, you know what? Maybe this isn't the sport for me. And so I dropped out of college. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> oh, my God. Your your college experience has been has been so lovely thus far. Yeah. You got a, you got arrested because you were beating a man to death. Your coach threw you off the uh, the, the crew team. Your father had to come bail you out. I forgot what the first thing was. Yeah, but... it's going well. Uh, oh, yeah, you although didn't, next you didn't week there's a happy memory. Classes. Next week there's What's a that? happy memory. Next week we have a happy memory, so I'll... Oh, good. Yeah. That's exciting. Anyway, let's fast forward over to another cold place, Rochester, New York, where where uh, debonair, romancing the bone, Keith Barney, Keith Barney <laughs> and the, the lunch lady are still uh, in coitus over a sloppy joe. Whoa. Wow, that whole paragraph was disturbing. That was like it just—it was like one long run-on sentence that just got more and more upsetting as you said it. I wish that we was... had more listeners because I would—I would commission a piece of art of just 
a cartoon of young bone. Keith with like this lunch lady with like a hairnet, and the whole, like in- like and, and like the well, well, yeah, because like if you think if you go back to that the poster for that, it was like that painting, and they're like swinging on a vine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what were you doing? <laughs> oh my god! Well, I, I, again, you know, struggle to remember a lot from that time. So I, I go back to my songbook and look through the lyrics of what I had been writing at the time, and what. What I've learned from the next four or five songs in the songbook is I was not doing well. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I wrote, I think, like seven straight songs in minor. Mm. And I don't think I've written a song in minor in 10 years. No. And uh, yeah, so clearly what I was doing, I was freaking out about my first ever relationship and and the uh i was not not handling like another person in my life and feeling i connected in that way i had tons and tons of anxiety coming up for the first time in college i i had a lot of things sort of come up um then that i was just not expecting and just uh it was it it, it wasn't good I was uh, I was kind of freaking the fuck out and mm. being pretty uh, pretty anxiety filled and miserable despite the beginning of a relationship and uh, yeah so it and let me tell you over the next three years it got worse. Oh, buddy! <laughs> I know it wasn't good. Yeah, well, I was also in college, not drinking. Mm. I in fact. One of the things that came up for me at that time was a profound anxiety to the point of a phobia about alcohol, Hmm. which is like some weird control issue, like some sort of an old trauma related to that that I still don't necessarily understand. Right. Uh, But yeah, so that that was that was real hard. It was a real I was I was pretty difficult to deal with at that time. So I would like to. uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying that my girlfriend at the time was particularly easy to deal with e- either, but I was uh, whew, I was holding up my end of the garbage fire that was our mental health at that point. So on that cheery note, <laughs> let's t- uh, let's talk about what was going on in the world. First off, uh, again, October 24th, 1999. On the cover of the Burlington Free Press, the headline said, At Dartmouth, McCain totes campaign reform. And this was uh, two and a half, almost three years before the McCain-Feingold campaign finance reform um, bill was passed. But there he was in Dartmouth, John McCain, fighting for campaign finance reform, a battle that they briefly won and... It all went to hell, unfortunately. But anyway, that was going on. Uh, The top movie was The Best Man, starring Tay Diggs and Terrence Howard. And the number one song was... Smooth by Santana. We're going to spend some time here... I even pulled it up because you could hear me hesitating while I was talking because I was trying to pull it up on YouTube. Now, we have to give full credit. I mean, Rob Thomas was a huge part of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, is that a penis reference, that seven inches, or that just means you're very close to the sun? I, I've i got to think it's a penis reference. I, I, I assume, you know, in... Uh, in popular music and popular culture, anything that is any inches between like two and a hundred is a penis reference. Because seven actual inches from the sun is is much more than a warm afternoon. No, that would be that would be pretty hot. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be un- uncomfortable. You think Santana uh, and Rob had a a long conversation about the the specifics of the lyrics? Well, and also because like seven inches is a very specific like like that's pretty good. It's not. It's uh, it's not uh, uh, Dylan McDermott. I got a very big dick. Just filled me with so much joy right there. And so like they they weren't gonna go like average like six because you're a rock star you gotta add an inch at least. Yeah. But they also weren't going for something ridiculous. That was a, it, it, see I I bet they had that discussion. Okay, well there. If not, we just had it for them. So all well. we just had it for them. You're welcome. All right. It is now time for everybody's favorite segment, sports ball. The New York football giants blew out the New Orleans Saints 31-3 at Giants Stadium. Kent Graham threw a touchdown to Amani Toomer and Joe Juravicious and ran for a third. Ricky Williams had 111 yards in the loss. The Eagles lost to Damon Heward and the Dolphins 16-13, falling to 2-5. Brian Dawkins returned a 67-yard interception for a touchdown, but it wasn't enough to squish the fish. You know, live sports are back, Keith. On ESPN right now are, is the uh, Florida Cornhole Association <laughs> is playing, and they're all wearing masks. There's nobody in the arena, quote unquote. I don't know if it's, it's not much of an arena, but <laughs> I did they, see. Do they have huge crowds it, normally? It aired live. This guy took a puff between like bags. He took a puff of his vape through his mask <laughs> inside. <laughs> That that's, really happened. That, oh, that's a sport. <laughs> and you know that the 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 ratings are probably through the roof because people are like, well, okay, we'll watch it. I, I seriously, the first major sport that gets up is going to get Super Bowl ratings. Okay, well, that reminds um, me. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so now it's uh, we're done with all nope. of the nonsense, and we sure don't not. have to. Oh. You have seven hours to spare. Tune into the Out of Practice podcast. Oh my God, we're going to the episode running time. You know, I could start it right now, but I like to just listen to myself say. Did it snow? Show me the weather from 21 years ago. You know, it is snowing in different places across the country right now. My parents got four inches. I got a very big dick. Oh, I'm liking that trigger finger today, Keith. <laughs> so, October 24th, 1999, here in my sanctuary of Queens, it was 55 degrees, a nice sunny day, but it did get down to a low of 39 degrees. Out where Keith is quarantined in Cape May, New Jersey, on that date, it was also 54 degrees with a low of 40 degrees. So we had a very similar experience if we were there in 1999, but we weren't. In fact, we were upstate where at Ithaca it was cloudy and nasty of 71 degrees but that like no sun heat and uh, the low was only 60 degrees overnight so I was probably uh, feeling pretty sweaty in my dorm room we didn't have AC but Keith not you 
Rochester, New York was true to form at 42 degrees with a low of 32 <laughs> overnight. And that was your time machine weather. Uh, we <laughs> You're going to start doing like a, a full <laughs> northeast seaboard. Find me a green weather. screen. <laughs> All right. We are finally here. Uh, guys, you had to skip through so much to get here finally talking about the episode, but we are off for a good one. It's season four, episode five, entitled Oz. It was written by series creator David E. Kelly and directed by a new director, Michael Zinberg, who also directed on Gilmore Girls, Everybody Loves Raymond, The Good Wife, NCIS, and wait for it, nine episodes of Quantum Leap. Yeah. <laughs> You said like yeah, and then you didn't say anything else. It was well. I was gonna like try to come up with like some funny quantum leap reference, but then I realized you didn't watch it, so it was for no one. <laughs> but you will watch it someday after someday. Uh, seven someday other podcasts. We're gonna do it. All right, that leaves us with only one more thing to do. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Keith, the Raymond Oz story must come to a conclusion today. And so prediction one is that there are no B, C, D stories. We are going all Oz all the time. A story with a capital letter. Raymond Oz will defend himself in court. And I know that we've played this card already with the Henry Winkler storyline, but somehow, some way, Raymond Oz... You're going to explain the jelly? No, Raymond Oz (laughs) is not making it out of this trial. He either kills himself like Brooks did in Shawshank, or somehow he's like prison murdered maybe, but uh, I don't think he sees the end of the arc. Whoa. All right. Well, there's only we got only one thing to do. We got to find out what happens after this amazing ad that you definitely feel obligated to listen to after 46 <laughs> minutes of bullshit. Hey, Barack, since you uh, beamed in, do you want to introduce the episode? Uh, I'd be very happy to. Uh, it's an episode, season four, episode five, entitled Oz. One of the reasons I went to law school was Raymond Oz. It's the twerp. Sitting over there yes, it in is. that chair is... It's Jason Kravitz as Richard Bay. When I decided I wanted to be a lawyer, I love it. We're starting an opening statements. Let's fucking do this. So many others who have walked into this room really wanted to be him. I sat back in that gallery and watched him charm hostile witnesses, befuddle the smartest of judges, mesmerize juries. He quite likely will charm and mesmerize the twelve of you. Oh, yes, he will. But we are not here today in tribute of Raymond Oz. We are here because he committed a murder. The evidence 
will show that he picked up a bronze trophy that had once been presented to him for one of his many accomplishments, and he struck his wife, Joanne, killing her. I wish it weren't so. You have no idea. I think that's such a great detail that he, he bludgeoned so. her with an award. Right. But it is. Uh, kids, if you're listening, don't bludgeon your wife. Michelle would not stand for that. Raymond's basically comatose over there. He always wears a scarf, which I think is a cool little detail. Oh, slow stand. He's already in character. He's got this. Wishes he were me, he says. Mini fridge. behind my table, ladies and gentlemen. You won't see any sons or daughters, grandchildren. We never had them, my wife and I. All we had was each other. And yet our lives never felt empty. Ours was a great love affair. I killed her. The only woman I ever loved, I killed her. But it was in self-defense. Now, Mr. Bay wasn't there. The police detectives weren't there. I was there. A great love affair. And I don't know what will haunt me more. That in the end, I took her life. Or that in the end, she tried to take mine. Great opening statement. And I think that the dichotomy is really kind of cool because if we look inside his head, if we like peer into his psyche, obviously during the the dementia portions episodes he has, he is relatively cognizant, right? He 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 kind of has some sort of memory of what that experience is, whether mm -hmm. it's reality or not, is 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 sort of what's at, at question here. But sane litigator Raymond Oz is able to at least access a bit of what happened and still function as an incredible defense attorney for his own sort of fractured psyche, which is sort of awesome. Oh, yeah. And I, I actually, that's a really good point. It makes me feel like there's, you know, with people with dementia, people with, with Alzheimer's sometimes have parts of their mind that work better than others. Like the, the musical recall, you have people who don't have any idea who they are, or where they are, or what's happening, but you put them in front of a piano and that the whole thing happens and, and they're able to play beautifully. And I wonder if for him, the, the litigating part of it is like music in his head, mm. which allows him more capacity than he would in his normal life. And I think the strategy, the more he can convey as uh, litigator Raymond does, that love he had for his wife, that, that love story, and that it's a tragic end is very helpful to his cause. I think as yeah. we're going to see, the, the issue comes to be when he's supposed to be litigating, but dementia Raymond Oz appears. I think that's the issue we're going to... Well, of course, it's going to be when when does that, in, you know, interject itself into the situation? Especially since it seems to be escalating, right? It's not just, oh, I my hands are shaky. It's I'm naked behind a toilet is... Yeah, no, it's like it's very incapacitating now. 
And we could have done that all. <laughs> it's every time. Every we time. Do that. But I tell you what, like, I love starting, you know, in media res. Like, let's just, like, we've, we've, set, we've done all the backstory already. Let's just get to the trial. Yeah. And, like, I love it. I love it. And uh, certainly at this point in the, when I was watching it the first time, I was rooting for what you anticipated, which is no B story, no C story. Let's just do this. We've set this up. We're invested. It's complex and interesting. Well, we've got so many great characters too, right? We've got Helen Gamble's there. We've got Judge Kittleson at the head of the case. We've we've got a lot of favorite players on the table. Yeah. Back when the we courthouse. arrived, we discovered the victim on the dining room floor bleeding from a head wound. Did you see anybody else? The defendant. He was sitting at the kitchen table. He appeared to be crying. Did he say anything? He said that he had to do it. He just kept saying he had to do it. Did you ask him what he meant by that? Yes, and he replied, she had to be stopped. Thank you, detective. Didn't All I right, tell let's you? let's do... Cop testifying on the stand. Was that me? Yeah, it was me. Sorry. <laughs> Snort? Yeah. You just... So, our that, improv that was my skills... Poom, that was my Pumbaa snort. <laughs> our improv skills have now just... We've just given up, and we're just snorting into the microphone now. <laughs> <laughs> this cop is played by Michael Leopard, uh, who... I didn't, I'm not going to break it all down, but I actually counted. He has played 16 different law enforcement officers in TV and film. Do you know why that is, Keith? N- not Taking nothing away from his, his abilities as an actor, mm-hmm. he's got the uniform. He looks like a cop. So many of these breakdowns you see are like, do you have a, a cop uniform? We need you tomorrow. <laughs> for like extra work yeah or, and they were just like yeah. oh you got your own suit bring him in give, put, give him a give him a line or two yeah i'm well, well he's, they need to be uh if we need a uh, star trek captain in the uh, background of a scene and what about a uh, barack obama i mean that's your newest that's uh will not be doing that in a visual format whatsoever thank you I very much in self-defense didn't i say those words to you vermont white obama Please read Miss oh, no. Gamble. What's your drag name, buddy? Question. Did he say anything? That's the question. Anything, not right away. Why didn't you tell the jury everything I said, detective? I thought the question referred to when I first arrived. Is that really so? Or did you think that if you told the whole truth, it wouldn't help secure the conviction that you're up here to get as a witness for the prosecution? Objection. Sustained. Did you find a knife at the scene, detective? Yes. We found a nine-inch serrated carving knife on the floor. Run fingerprints? The fingerprints belong to the victim. Something else you didn't tell the jury in your direct testimony, isn't it? She didn't ask me about the knife. She didn't ask you about the knife. Hubbub hubbub from the gallery. How'd it go? So far, so good. I got a hand it to him. You come down to watch? No, I'm having a quick lunch with Roberta. Judge Kittleson? Yeah. Are you two back together again? Oh, I don't know. Do they not know that? Is that any of your business, Bobby? Oh, wait, Are you kidding? Yeah. 
Her and her integrity of the rope crap? Even the perception of bias. It's my business, not yours. Yeah, Bobby. I mean, if we want to run down the conflicts of if interest... that good, we're in trouble. He won't. Get off There's your no high going to make it through But wait, how did Bobby of... not hear about Kittleson showing up in Jimmy's apartment buck-ass naked? Yeah, also that. Also, if you, if you are not watching Netflix's Hollywood, you have to watch it all the way to the end. There's only six or seven episodes. Trust me when I tell you, Bobby has no place to talk. Flashing his rage. He has to take the stand. I'll keep him up there. Twerp weeks and Helen Gamble are having a he meeting. He may not lunch. have to take the stand, Helen. Not if we don't make the elements. We're making product the elements. placement Coca Cola. But it's not. It's fake. It's generic. Well, that look. But it had the Coca Cola font. The so they really logo. went for it. You are a killer. You know that an icy killer. Literally. Thank you. Literally. It's compliment. He is correct. Take it. Of course it was. Your style's the same as mine. I'm in love with you. Mm. I'm sorry, I should say infatuated. I mean, you're smart, you're sexy, you got that little Catholic girl thing, and in the courtroom no. you are vicious, oh. and I totally go for it the whole package. Keith, we need a uh, a bumper for these occasions. We've yet to write it. Oh, yeah. A, like, uh, wildly inappropriate behavior. Yeah, but could you give me, like, a little... Could it be Trump doing it, maybe? <laughs> Perfectly reasonable behavior. <laughs> but why are you Richard talking? A man of action, just grammar. Yes, while well, I'm speaking mine. <laughs> Let's stick to business. The point of impact was right here at the base of the skull. Were you able to make a determination, Doctor, as to which direction the blow came from? Grab it by the evidence. I think it's quite obvious it came <laughs> oh, from no. behind. They just now, let doctor, you do it. If Mr. Oz had swung from the side fan, and fan. the victim turned her head, is there any chance it could have struck her like this in the rear? No, she had to be facing the other direction. The blow came from directly behind her. You can state this for a medical certainty. Absolutely. Mr. Oz? I'm delighted to know that there's such a thing as a medical certainty. The last one I knew of was when my brother-in-law was told he had six months to live. That was a medical certainty. That was 12 years ago. He still beats me at tennis. Big fan. Doctor, I'm going to propose a hypothetical to you, and I want you to tell me if it's possible. A woman comes at a man with a knife. She swings wildly, and she misses. Then she comes at him again, at which point he picks up a heavy bronze trophy in defense. She comes at him again. He rears back to swing. And as the trophy comes down, she turns to run away. And she turns 180 degrees. But it's too late, because the trophy comes down and strikes her on the back of the head. Now, I don't want you to answer in probabilities or likelihoods, doctor. The question is, is it possible? Yes or no? I suppose it is possible. Thank you, Doctor. You have just answered one of the most important questions before this court. Because it speaks to reasonable doubt. Jen and I had a long conversation last night about reasonable doubt. Because, as in my opinion... What did you do? No, no, we were watching a documentary on Netflix. In my opinion, because... This this woman was this girl. She was fourteen at the time. Was claiming self defense. 
but the body of the victim was was positioned facing away from her, which indicated that potentially he was asleep or he had turned. And the case, the, the point being made was that uh, if he's facing the other way, then clearly you weren't threatened at the time, which I think is bullshit, but that's regardless, regardless of the fact. Right. And we were discussing the, the specifics of reasonable doubt in my head is that it ha- you, there can be no doubt, not even an iota. That's that's the burden of proof. And yes, it's very high, but that's the burden of proof. So well, his point here, I think, is very valid. The doctor is saying it's possible. So that possibility, in the face of all of the other evidence, is still potential doubt. Oh, yeah. No, I think, I think doubt, I, especially when you're dealing with a murder case and something where the stakes are that high. Like, if I'm going to convict somebody of murder, I need to be real sure, not... Just like, yeah, seems reasonable. Right. But, I don't know. But Oz just did a good, really good job there. Mr. Oz. Uh-oh. Unnecessary music. He just went and sat with the prosecution team. Who the hell are you? Oh, boy. Oh, our, our first sign of uh, issues there. Oh, but while, while we're done, let's do a... Guy who's medically certain to put down. Oh, man, I got nothing. <laughs> Who are you? I think, I think that needs to be the bumper. Who are you? <laughs> Who is he? Where am I? What? What's happening? Uh, just to uh, tidy up the show so you know that was Robert Clotworthy. And you would know him as the narrator or uh, voice announcer, fake news anchor, on everything you've ever seen. If there's ever a anchor talking in the background, giving, uh, you know, tele, tele exposition, it's probably him. He was the spokesperson for Davis and Maine on, in the commercial on better call Saul. He's just basically does a shit ton of voiceovers. In many ways, he's closer to me than my own father. Yep. You took, you said that last week. The idea of him being a spectacle. Bobby, have you been paying attention in there? He's winning. So far, maybe. You didn't see him naked next to a toilet. You all set? Yes, let's go. To be honest, I didn't need to see that either, but David E. Kelly made sure that I did see it, in fact. Raymond. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Is that cancer, brother? You've heard me speak of Bobby Donald. Bobby, no, this is it's Trevor not. Wendler, my oldest but I thought it was friends. too. That's great of you to come. What a surprise. But the room's full. They're turning people away. Can we get him in, Bobby? Ray, he's, he's testifying for the prosecution. What? He's on their witness list. Oh, 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 yes, of course. Of course. Mr. Wayne, we have to get in. Yikes. I'm sorry, Ray. Underscoring is a little heavy-handed this episode. Yeah, I, I agree. But here, I, I'm going to let you go into... first this time. Come on, Red. Ready? Guy who's supposed to be a friend but is testifying against him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're even. <laughs> That is James T. Callahan, who played Walter Powell on Charles in Charge. He played two different two different characters on Knight Rider. And check this out. 
he was also on a different show called The Practice in 1976. And, uh, what I have here for you is the theme song to the 1997, 1976, The Practice. It's about a doctor. It's like a, a New York doctor wandering around the Upper West Side. That's a different time when they actually had, they had full orchestral type theme songs. I loved that. But also, like, went on for a How long, long feel, time. Marvin? Well, it's going to be expected. I'm holding my own. That's good. <laughs> I'm nauseous. That's good. Are you going to write this down or could you? So that was uh, The Practice, a 1976 sitcom that didn't last very long. Keith, can we do one episode of Out of Practice podcast with a laugh track? With a canned laugh track? <laughs> No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. You two are friends. Over 50 years, we stood up for each other at our weddings. And yet you're here testifying against him today. You subpoenaed me. Mr. Wayne, the defendant spoke of a great love affair between him and the victim. Did you have the opportunity to witness their relationship? Yes. Could you describe it? It was very loving until the last two years or so. What happened? Ray had a stroke, after which he uh, suffered some memory lapses, even had some occasional delusions and paranoia. That's a lie! Mr. Oz, you will remain quiet until it is your turn to cross-examine. At some point, it was difficult for him to try cases anymore. So Joanne evidently told the judge that it was time for him to step down. He never forgave her for that. He told me he hated her for it. He used the word hate. Yes. What else? Well, just recently, she went to court trying to have him declared incompetent. That enraged him. Objection, foundation. Objection is overruled. Sir, do you have an opinion as to why it so enraged him? Well, with Ray, I mean, everything was about walking into a room. When he made his entrance, he needed for people to think, wow, there's Raymond Oz. He always, always talked about his legacy. I, think I know. It was, more important it was last episode. We saw it. Or it was called Legacy. And the idea of being declared incompetent, well, you see, that was more than he could handle more than he could handle. Do you think it could make him homicidal? I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough question to ask somebody. Thank I don't fucking way. know. All right, hold on. So his buddy, his old friend, instead of talking about the Alzheimer's or dementia and talking about how he, you know, like was might not be responsible for what happened and like protecting him that way. He just gave up full on like motive <laughs> for murder. Yeah, it's so, funny. It's funny you said that because I'm thinking the whole time he's talking, I was like, well, okay, this is great, but why don't they just pull up? He must have gone to a doctor for his dementia at some point, right? Didn't you yeah, see a doctor? And, and all right, so he, here's the situation I 
we're old friends. We went to each other's weddings. Mm-hmm. So I have been accused of murder. And I and you are on the stand. So, uh, Michael. Yeah. Uh, what about Keith? Uh, has Keith ever considered murdering anybody? What's, you know, how, how does he feel? Well, you know, we've talked a couple of times in jest about murdering certain people, but that's, you know, that's just buddies. Well, in in jest, you say, were, uh, how specific were, were the jokes? Well, I mean, he had drawings and, you know, he had built a couple of weapons in his wood shop. But, you know, those are just those are just murder journals, you know, murder journals and and and, and workshops. So he, he has a, he has a workshop where he builds weapons. Yeah, uh, well, murder. it's it's dual purpose. He he writes jingles in one half of the room. and The other half is more just like torture devices he's developing. But, you know, it's, these, it's like a hobby. Oh, sure, sure. And, and and these jingles, are any of them related to murder or? Uh, well, not yet, but I'm sure he's he's in the process of writing a few. His process is very long and detailed. Ah, uh, <laughs> you really don't know him at all because he has no process. Ah, uh, but you know what else is long and detailed? This episode? No, 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 no. I was that was setting you up to run that bumper one more time. That sweet, oh, sweet body bumper. You know what else uh, is long and detailed? I got a very big dick. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't know about the length, but there's no detail. Mr. Oz. Just looks like spam coming out of a can. It Floppy and undetailed. <laughs> the best thing was how it looked painful for him to no, marry his friend. Oh, that was horrible. Oz couldn't get up and do the prosecutorial witness number on him, could he? And Helen, you were brilliant. You were quiet. You let the damaging words hang beautifully. You didn't look aggressive. Fabulous. The witness and the DA looked sympathetic. <laughs> it was music. Richard, I get not it. Lose sight you of the want fact me. That this whole thing Just is a relax. big tragedy. A woman is dead. And a great man is destroyed. Shouldn't enjoy it too much. I know. I, I don't mean to. Is that Helen Gamble really who just said that? Helen, yes, I was going to say. Did she send an 11 year old to prison who didn't kill anybody? Now. I hope they still offer it. You Helen's going to tell Richard not to be a dick? I'm on Eugene. The testimony seemed to pain him the most. He certainly didn't seem biased. The worst thing is... New hair for Rebecca again. Him. Looks so great. Did I. Then you have to take manslaughter. Any chance we can switch the pleas to insanity? The slate without notice, forget it. Plus, Ray would never go for it. He might now. Even he had to see how damaging that was. His lifelong friend just gave them motive. Gift wrap. Any feel for whether Kittleson... I need to reach out to our almost lawyer on staff because there's something that I'm, I still don't understand that confuses me a bit. Okay. This is the second or third time, definitely the second time that, yes, yeah, second time that one of our clients wants to represent themselves. The firm, right. the firm is like, we don't want to do it. But the judge is like, you have to do it. And then right. every piece of advice that they give the client or the whatever, however you refer to them at this point they're like, I won't go for it. So at that point, what's the purpose of retaining the firm? Well, if they're not going to listen to them and they can't actually offer them any guidance that they're going to take, re-Raymond Oz, re-Joey Herrick, what is the point? What is the legal basis for need for requiring that they be attached still? Well, I think they are somewhat being protected by give, being by being given the advice, at least. 
so that they are making decisions with that information. I also think there's some level of protection in the courtroom itself, mm. so that if something started to go haywire, Bobby could stand up and intervene. Um, and then possibly, like, for on appeal, to have somebody who was there. I don't know. Let us switch, please, this deep. Bobby, we haven't said a word about the case. You kidding? You better see if Ray will switch his plea. No insanity. And I don't want you to mention it ever again, Bobby. Do you hear me? You know that we were hurt by your friend Trevor. I was there. I know what he said. Raymond. Raymond, look at me. The jury has all it needs to convict you now. If we can just switch, please. No. You have to consider this. I will not have my final legacy. A doddering... Oh, enough old... about your damn legacy. We've got to say legacy at least 6,000 times over the course of these <laughs> last two episodes, or we've not done our job. This episode is sponsored by Legacy. <laughs> we sell coffins. <laughs> they get a hundred dollars every family. time they say legacy. It's friends. You killed your wife and your best friend just turned on you. That's your legacy, Ray. You turned legacy. on me, Bobby, didn't you? Drink. You're the one that went to the judge, aren't you? Yes, and you're the one that wanted to end my legal career. You're the one that convinced Joanne. Yeah, go along with you. Is it really about your legacy or is it just flat out denial? That, Bobby. So you hate me now too, Ray? Oh, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I hate you, Bobby. I won't shy away from saying that. I hate you. Ouch. Well, you know what? I'm beginning to hate you right back because you're so pathetic. You watch your mouth. Your wife is dead and you haven't been to her grave. Oh, you care about- Now, Bobby, I get it he's an old guy, but he did just murder his wife in a dementia-fueled rage. Perhaps this is not the tactic uh, unless you're trying to provoke him so that you can prove, hmm, wait a second, what does oh? Mike think's gonna happen? Sting, sting, sting operation. Sting, sting, sting operation. Conspiracy theory. About is your reputation as a lawyer, the great Oz. Well, you may not have loved Joanne, I did. Powerful. Like I once. Yeah, that is a dropped, dropped, dropped writing thread there. They should have just done the whole phrase, right? Uh, yeah. If you're going to make on. the reference, make the reference. Loved you. And now, I, I don't think you were insane. I think it was premeditated. You weren't about to let her declare you incompetent and tarnish Bobby, your legacy. Do you remember so you last episode? You and that's what you'll leave behind with me, Ray. I'll remember you as a premeditated murderer. Bobby. Get out. How dare you accuse me? Bobby, we didn't have it in the budget to soundproof these rooms. Everyone is listening to the entire conversation. He's also screaming at a man with dementia. Like, what are you doing, Bobby? I'm not loving her. You killed her! Mm. And now you're telling the world that she tried to kill you? What about her legacy, Ray? Drink. This woman devoted her entire life to you. What about the memory of her? She deserved better than that. Your precious legacy. Drink. Drink. You will die an unloved murderer. Legacy coffins. You, you pitiful man. Damn, Bobby. Yeah. Yikes. Now I'm going to leave my girlfriend in the room alone with you. <laughs> Fiance. 
Sad B-roll, drone shot of... Well, Sad B-roll. Bobby's in a t-shirt, no socks on, playing chess. Hey. I tried to fill as many man. details in as possible. <laughs> We're going to sing the uh, details now, partner. He does need a haircut. I did everything for me. He may die a murderer, but he's obviously not unloved. Come on, let's get some sleep. <laughs> that was comforting. <laughs> Knock at the door. Sweatpants Bobby on his way. Oh, God, it's George Vogelman. Yeah, well, we knew that was coming. I want to change my plea to insanity. I can't have people think that about Joanne. At the time, I, I thought she was trying to kill me, but I know she... She couldn't have been. Wow, Bobby's monologue you turned know, him around. It worked. You know that I never... Never would have harmed her, Bobby. You know that. Interesting beat. I want to change my plea. Mid-episode to have him make this decision. Ooh, she's so out of focus there. Wow, that was weird. I'm not allowing you to switch to insanity now. Honor, Come on, Roberta. Irrational and delusional Mr. State. Oz, you had the option. You chose to enter a plea of not guilty on the elements. I'm not about to let you change your mind because the trial isn't going well. Your Honor, we're all officers of the court here. Oh, I just love that, especially from defense attorneys. You were an officer of the court when you entered that plea. You are now going to have to live with that plea. 20 minutes back in session. Hmm. Manslaughter still available? No. Yes, Richard. We'll give you manslaughter now. You push it any further, it's off the table. That's a pretty good deal. Keith, insert your quote here. My quote? They should take the plea. Wait, this is live. This is network. Oh, Jesus. Where's my brain? This is TV. We do not plead out. Damn it. That, none of that was right, Keith. <laughs> I'm tired. Fatty had to go outside. This today. is the practice. We don't settle, bitch. <laughs> well, I don't even know Fatty what words you just said. She doesn't know what's happening right oh my now. God, somebody get Keith a snack. We need some protein. Manslaughter is a life sentence. Might as well roll the dice. It's possible you could be out in three. With Kittleson and Bay, that little Shetland's going to ask for the maximum. I might as well keep going. I can't say I disagree. Well, then, bring, whether it's your plea or not, at this point, now go get a go get a an evaluation. Bring in all kinds of medical doctors. Them being like, he's got dementia, blah, 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 blah. Like, why just go that route, even though that's not your plea? Maybe you can still get yourself off. Well, good point. I think they're going to talk about it. Translation. Early just watch the show. That there would be a change in pleas. <laughs> That evidently was rejected by Judge Kittleson. Uh, the we then heard defense was waving the white flag and pleading manslaughter. 
hey, Cameron, we're going to get you in the episode. You don't got to say anything, but uh, you need to show up for work for at least a day. Oh, that's great. I'll be here for an hour and get my full fee for the episode. That I got paid the same amount for this episode as when I did like six crying monologues. It's great. They're now being told Raymond Oz is taking the stand to testify. Oh, no. Oh, she got a line. Mr. Oz, you're aware we're all gathered today because you hit your wife <laughs> we needed over the head in the Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes. Killing her. Yes. Could you tell us in your words what happened? My wife and I had been going through some difficult times. She thought I was losing my mind, suffering from delusions and paranoia, very much as Mr. Trevor Wayne testified. Is it possible you were suffering from delusions? I suppose it's possible. On the night of your wife's death, is it possible you were delusional then? Objection? Sidebar? Yes, let's. What's this? He's giving his account. Yes, he's setting up temporary insanity. Temporary insanity isn't available to us. The judge was so instruct. We're just testifying as to his mental state, which is an element of the crime. Mr. Oz, earlier, you said self-defense. Oh, I'm sticking to my version. I believe it was self-defense. But that belief has to be a rational one, not an irrational one. Save your closing arguments till later, you midget. I object to that on record. <laughs> no, object I to object to the use of that word. If you are on about record. to suggest that he was mistaken, I will instruct that the mistake has to be a reasonable one, just like the midget. Mr. Bay says. Why don't you wow. always present our case before you start criticizing? Yikes. 90s. Step back. I mean, he is very short. He is. Fan. Fan. So what happened, Mr. Oz? Well, as I said, we were going through an awful patch. And also, I thought she was having an affair. With whom? I, I didn't know. And I wasn't sure that really it was true. Maybe I was paranoid, but suddenly she was distant. And I thought there must be somebody else. Now, I kept telling myself that that... Did you see that extra, that front extra? She was giving you all kinds of acting. She's really considering everything he has to say. I'm going back 10 seconds. This is mostly just for Keith, but... She's trying to Maybe get a line. I was I understand. paranoid, but suddenly she was She's distant. She's in the foreground And here. I thought She's there must really... be somebody else. Now, I kept oh, telling yeah. myself that oh, that oh, was oh, a Oh, we're going to talk idea, about her later. Me, oh, great. Believe me, I have clocked that extra to try to get control of my estate. And I'm wondering, really, what is going on? Then what happened? Well, we go to court. And she sits in the witness chair and says terrible things about me. And I'm listening and wondering, do I really know this woman at all? Anyway, things didn't go well for her in court. And that night, we're at home, and I turn, and she has a knife. And suddenly I think, my God, she's trying to kill me. And I swung. And she went down. Do you really think she was trying to kill you? Looking back, I... I don't know. I doubt it. He's so good. But in that second... He's amazing. His eyebrows are I intense. I thought she was. And that's what it was, a second. That's all it took. A second. Thank you, sir. You know, Keith, and you're about to... a very believable part, or like, point. Oh, absolutely. You're about to be 40 years old, which means both of us are on the 
other line of will our hair grow back? Will when will it start to go? You know, we've got all those kinds <laughs> of thoughts. If only to have the genes of uh, James Whitmore, and you've got so much virility, so much of whatever gene causes hair to grow that your eyebrows grow six inches and bushy. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, I mean, we're both relatively hairy men. Mm. (laughs) I imagine, I mean, look. I once was. I cut it all off, you'll remember. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a, that was one terrible decision as opposed to a a, a feat of genetics. Do you have hair growing out of your ears? I'm finding as I get older, there's hair coming out of my ears and it's it's really troublesome because it itches. I don't have it in my ear, but sort of on the side, it's starting to grow out. Mm. Terrifying. Thank you for listening to the Out of Practice podcast. If you'd like to talk <laughs> about your ear hair, you can reach us. Out of Practice oh, podcast God. at gmail. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Legend. Everyone in that box believes him. Any suggestions? Just go out and be your normal killer self, keeping in mind the whole thing rests on this cross. Thank you, Richard. So it was a mistake, Mr. Oz. She probably wasn't trying to kill you. It happened in a second. It was a mistake. Quite possibly so, yes. But in your opening statement, you simply said it was self-defense. You spoke of being haunted by the fact that your wife of 50 years had tried to take your life. Tell me, were you misleading the jury then, or are you misleading the jury now? Damn. Uh-oh. Close above the hands well, shaking. It's a little complicated, Miss Gamble. You see, though, when I realized with horror what I had done, I had to believe it was justified. I was desperate to believe it was self-defense. But then, my friend and co-counsel, Bobby Donnell. Mr. Oz, I'm not looking for a speech here. You're looking for an answer, and I'm giving it to you. Go ahead, Mr. Oz. Thank you, Bobby said, Raymond, stop thinking about your own legacy. Drink, drink. And think about Joanne's. What does this do to our memory of her? Well, I wrestled with that. And I decided that however self-serving my denial may be, it was not fair to her. I cannot state with certainty that she was trying to kill me. I can only state with certainty one fact. I thought she was. Which is believable, considering the mental facilities he's dealing with. Wayne's testimony. The hatred. Did you tell Trevor Wayne you hated your wife? That was in the heat of a moment. I'm not sure we've ever seen Helen work with co-counsel before, have we? No, and we've also never seen her be lost for what to do. Like, Richard just bailed her out. Yeah, she's generally really unflappable. But she is going up, I mean, it's not out of character. I mean, she's going up against someone she respects and admires and who's a juggernaut in her field. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Heat of the moment. You testified that you never forgave her for it. I was angry at her. I don't deny it. Mr. Oz, are you incompetent? No, I'm not. So that was your wife's crazy thinking. She was mistaken. But your rage, Mr. Oz, that was no mistake, was it? It was anger. I wouldn't call it rage. You called her a whore. I thought she was having an affair. 
Any caring husband would be upset. Your wife talked about revenge. She was referring to my giving away the estate. The diamond necklace that you gave her for your 40th anniversary? You gave it to the housekeeper. You had a small stroke a few years ago, didn't you, Mr. Oz? From which I am completely recovered. Well, that really isn't so. You suffer some memory lapses. Like any man my age. A judge deemed you unfit to continue practicing law. No such thing. No, it was because of what he said and because of her. Keith, roll the conspiracy bumper. I'm on it. Conspiracy theory. He's going to attack Helen here. Ooh, all right. Joanne. Yes, yes. Look, Counselor, you've seen me here. Do you not think that I belong? You and your wife fought constantly over your refusal to wear diapers. Isn't that right, Mr. Objection! Goes to his rage against the victim. I'll allow it. She got angry because you would wet yourself. This isn't relevant, Your Honor. She insisted you wear these and you hated her for that. Oh, she pulled out diapers. And didn't she repeatedly ask you to get counseling to deal with your anger? Anger because you knew you were becoming incompetent. That's a lie. It's not true. Well, it's just like Mr. Wayne said. With you, it's always been about entering a room, heads turning, saying, there's the great Raymond Oz. Poopy, poopy, poopy. And the idea of what they must be saying now. Hands are shaking. He's gone mad. Objection. He's insane. Objection. Sustained. Ms. Gamble, is there a question. Here's my question, Mr. Oz. What do you think they're saying about you now? An incompetent man who wets himself, who oh, kills his own allowed to do this. Shut your mouth! Hmm, I get partial points for that. Partial credit. He stood up and got in her face. You look a little homicidal, Mr. Oz. Objection! Sustained. Mr. Oz, sit down. Mr. There's Oz, no way please Helen would be, be allowed seated. to do that. Well, Kitt- Kittleson did make a man whip his dick out once before. Well, twice fair before enough. maybe. <laughs> well, we've seen two dicks, but it was Kittleson and uh, and Linda Hunt. Two dicks, seven inches from the midday sun. Here, let's sit. That didn't go well. Okay, let's 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 no. just think. Let's just let's just think for a minute. Only, only a few times at home. What? I never soiled myself in public. Just a, a few times at home. Oh, this is cruel. Any ideas? Not I mean, really. We've all been there. Let's be honest. But it looks like you've got one. Recuse myself? Your Honor, I had no idea when this trial began that you and Jimmy Berluti were seeing each other again socially. I just found oh, out. Oh, this is a... There's a huge conflict of interest. I have never discussed Ooh. this case with Mr. Berluti. I... It doesn't matter. You have a relationship with someone in my big firm. Swing. There's no big way swing. we can go on. And if I were to recuse myself, we would what? Bring in another judge and finish the trial? No, I think that you'd have to declare a mistrial. What a surprise. Get out! You worry about the integrity of that road. And it hasn't been compromised, trust me. Your integrity is another matter. You're sleeping with one of my associates. We won't even discuss the wet dreams you've had about me. Oh. Whoa! <laughs> it's time to reach back in the episode backlog to get a plot point for this episode. Yeah! I, boy, 
both Helen and Bobby have just been vicious in this episode. You shouldn't be on this case. Please leave my chambers, counsel. Although this rages, raises, rages, raises a meta point in that if, i.e., if she has to recuse herself from this case, she then has to recuse herself from every case with our firm. She's going to recuse herself from the series. Right, which we know can't happen because she just won an Emmy. Ah, damn right. And also, like, the all of these problems existed at the beginning of the trial. Right. So she's going to, obviously, is like, I see what's happening. You're losing, so now you're pulling this bullshit. It's pretty transparent. Right, and it wasn't an issue when Bobby was sleeping with, with Helen. Right. Oh, yeah, right. Jesus. Forgot about that. Nice try. I just hope she doesn't punish us now the rest of the way. She won't. She, she should. Has integrity for that. Helen. Manslaughter. Look, I told you if you pushed it any further. Come on, he's an old man. Might amount to a life sentence anyway. But it might not. Helen, please. Manslaughter's off the table. Murder too. Take Jesus, it Helen. Come on, man. Murder Leave. too makes a lot of sense, though. But any of them are life sentence for somebody that old. I just feel like we're missing such an opportunity to discuss mental illness here. Well, and it's yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I don't, I don't know if uh, a dementia or an Alzheimer's qualifies as a mental illness. It's more of like a mental injury. Okay. But I, but I, beside the, but beside the point, I think your point is is exactly right. There's like plenty there's, of meat on the bone that we could be picking, you know, for this episode. And it's really strange that through the whole thing, because I, you know, when I first saw it again, I was like, are they saving that discussion for this episode? Right, because last week clearly was about his legacy, and some of the beats from this week actually could have been better served last week. But no, it's just sort of a two-parter about legacy. Should it might and, it might as well just be a part one, part two. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious. In the '90s, where we just we didn't understand that as that that type of disease more, uh, you know, as much as we do today. So, because they're they're creating this false choice that he's either like murderous or crazy, when it's very clear he's neither. Right. Which which is more? He's dealing with a medical issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The gray is always more interesting, but. And we've had two full episodes to... Yeah, it feels like they're just rejecting the premise of... Raymond, we're down to closing arguments. illness. I can do it, but... Given that you've been trying this case and it's your life on the line... It's better if you do it. But only if you can. If you're not up to it... No doctors recalled. No ego here. No evaluation. Best man for the job. Is it you or me? I think that's because they weren't doing the temporary insanity defense. So they couldn't. It was irrelevant. Are you sure? I'll close. Now, uh, lawyer on staff or intern, somebody Googling, is it possible if you're found, let's say, let's play it out. He's guilty of murder too, let's say. Okay. 
can you then be sentenced under the premise of mental illness and be sent to like a, a mental facility or whatnot? Or do you have to then be sentenced as if you were sane and go to federal prison? That's a really good question because he had to do some testing to be to be competent to stand trial. And I think if were he to use the defense of temporary insanity or diminished capacity, that would factor. But yeah, I don't know if you have been, if you're not using those defenses, you've been deemed competent, whether they can send you to the, you know, to a mental health facility. But you, I, but I, I guess they, they must though, because if you're Hannibal Lecter, let's say, and I'm not by no means Equating, comparing yeah. Alzheimer's with, with, um, Meaning, mean a sociopath, but he went to a mental facility, not a regular prison. Yeah, so and, I, and I imagine there, there must be some discretion there. They do have a sentencing hearing, so I imagine you can bring all that up then. And worse, yeah. at the worst case, there's totally grounds for appeal because at an appeal, you can present a different defense, right? Uh, I don't think so. I think on appeal, you can only. The merits of the case, yeah. Yeah, you're you're appealing what happened in the trial. Cannot wait to get email from almost lawyer or any actual lawyers on staff to just <laughs> to make <laughs> this staff. a better podcast. Podcast. We gotta talk during the God commercial damn. break. You're gonna let him close? If we're gonna win, he's the only one. Is he gonna be naked? Funny. How'd she know about the diaper? Joanne's it's not, lawyer. It's not funny. You went to Roberta? Tried to get her recused because oh, of yeah. me? I was trying to. You know we don't discuss the case. I told you that. It was a Hail Mary, Jenny. Not good enough. You don't trade on my personal life in your cases ever. If you let me finish. Not good enough. I would never do that to you. Whatever our strategies, we don't offer up each other. I would never do that to you. I'm sorry. Not good Very enough. good point, Jimmy. I am on your side, sir. Great scene, Not Bonnie good Rico. enough, indeed. Well written, succinct. You saw the story well change. Acted. Yeah. First, it was Hold self-defense. On. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your client's dead. Closing time. First. Prosecution, Helen Gamble. Then, after his best friend talks about how he hated his wife, how he was paranoid and delusional, change of plans. Let's go mistake. I thought she was trying to kill me, and in a second of confusion, I swung. Come on, does that sound reasonable to any of you? You saw the truth in this room, ladies and gentlemen. You saw an angry man capable of great rage who prioritized his image and his reputation over anything and anybody, including his own wife. She made him stop practicing the law. She even tried to get him to wear a diaper. But when she went to court to try to have him deemed incompetent, well, that was the final straw. The great Oz wouldn't have that. Coroner told you the blow came from behind. She wasn't even facing him. He came up to her from behind, and he stopped her. That man committed murder. That's the truth.
And now for the defense. Raymond the Great and Powerful Oz. Maybe. He's not moving. Raymond. Give him, he's just taking his pre-beat, Bobby. Give him a second. Yeah. It's all about the drama, guys. Lots of murmur, murmur. How about rhubarb, rhubarb? Barack? Talk to any old man whose mental faculties are eroding. You'll find anger. Or a senior citizen who's becoming incontinent. Rage. Or an aging husband, no children, no grandchildren. Only a, a wife to cling to, a wife who's trying to have him declared incompetent, trying to put him in diapers, and you will find what you saw in me when I stood in that witness box. But these people do not turn homicidal, and neither did I. Now, whether it was the very incompetency that she accused me of, or the paranoia, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know that in that second when she stood before me with that knife, I really believed that she was going to try to take my life. No. Anybody... Anybody who knows my heart She was my legacy. Drink. Not the cases I won. We don't need this music. My love for her. And hers for me. She was loved. Loved. Till the very end. Her husband. Jesus, he's he good. didn't want her life to be over. Believe that. Get this poor guy some help. Phew. Keith, I have to say, I have absolutely no idea how this is going to play out. Yeah. Can you not do that? Sorry. You know, Helen, you said before this is a tragedy. Don't enjoy it too much. This is what we do. We're DAs. We prosecute murders. It's always somebody's tragedy. What's your point? Well, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, why do it? In this case, it's as big and juicy as they come. If you don't get a little juiced yourself... What are you doing Stop here? Stop saying juice. I like what I do, but... But what? You really love this, don't you? case like this? <laughs> it's music. You're a regular Jimmy McGill. Yes. I like the music metaphor, but you've already used it in this episode. Jerry's back. back. Ooh. What's gonna happen, Mike? 
Will the defendant please rise? Well, if they let him go, it's over. If they find him guilty, maybe we get another episode out of it. Madam Foreperson, the jury has reached its verdict. Oh, yes, it's we our, have, Your Honor. It's our Let's lady. You. Commonwealth versus Raymond Oz on count one, murder in the first degree. We find the defendant, Raymond Oz, not guilty. Whoa! Count two, murder in the second degree. We find the defendant, Raymond Oz, not guilty. Oh. Wow, she really was excellent oh, wow. at not yeah. giving that away. Well, yeah, yeah but back, back it up a little bit because just listen to the this juror's delivery back back up to like when she comes in. This is the this juror is cocky as shit. As she and the comes defendant up. Raymond Oz, not guilty. Wait, back up, back up. Good. When, when she count like first comes in, she's like, Oz well, you're on count one. Madam Foreperson, the jury has reached its this verdict. Tari yes, we have, Your Honor. Damn Let's right, we have. Commonwealth yeah. versus Raymond Oz on count uh, one. Oz. Murder in the first degree. We find the defendant, Raymond Oz, not guilty. Now, before the not guilty, the second one, count watch two, her hesitate and almost give you the, the head Murder in the second fake. degree. We find the defendant, Raymond Oz, not oh, guilty. Oh, she formed the G with her tongue, but then flipped it. She's like, I'm well, a pro. Unbelievable. <laughs> Got a little smirk Members before she said it, too. Not guilty. She said not guilty. You did it right. I, th Mr. I hope Oz, you brought a, you are free to go. a very large satchel this week because you have lots of oopsies. That, James yes, Whitmore. Do. Naturally, I'm, I'm thrilled at the verdict, and I must say, that the defendant was extremely well represented. They all find him so charming, Do you despite plan the fact to continue he killed practicing law? Oh, I have to earn a living. <laughs> and one thing that this case has taught me is that I'm not as wealthy as I thought I was. I've had barely able to meet my own fee. <laughs> cheery for a guy who <laughs> killed his wife. Until the, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. Forget it. When I self-edit, you know. Oh, God. That's bad. Bobby's alone in his office. You're not alone anymore. Lindsay, give me a second alone, okay? No. <laughs> I'm going to be your wife. You've got to take those seconds with me. Not necessarily. Take it from a man who's been quarantined with his wife in 400 square feet for the past 54 days. She she noticed the other day, she goes, I've noticed your showers have gotten longer. Why is that? <laughs> yeah. The, the, giving each other a second alone is a good thing. It's for the, the golden marriage, rule of marriage. Not a bad thing for a marriage. But uh, structurally, as the writer in this, as a writer... This also allows him to deliver a monologue to a person and not just out in the blue like a crazy person. So it has a structural advantage. I didn't want him to go to prison. But I worry. Him alone, he... 
He's alone. I don't know. I just... You're worried about somebody you love deeply. Great performance from Dylan there. He's a great all episode. And now we're going to an to unfocused Oz. shot of Raymond Oz at the graveyard. I guess they at the graveyard, the cemetery. They were like, "We don't have a permit. We got to do this quick." That's actually a great shot. And he's laying a rose on his wife's grave. And finally breaking down. Tearing out our hearts, Jesus. As we slowly pan up, we leave Raymond at the grave of his wife, uncertain of what the future will bring, but it will bring him his freedom. Well, we did it. We did it. That is a very dark ending for the show. Wow. Wow. Whew. All right. uh, Yeah, that was uh, what an amazing final image there. What a final scene there. Uh, The only thing that can follow that is fake awards. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. The Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike! What oh. the hell are the oopsies? I, I'm sorry, Jackie. I always step on Jackie because there's always a tag at the end of the the bumper. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've got a process, okay? You do have a process, and so do we. And we begin with... Most valuable. All right, well, let's start the... The parade, I don't think there's any way you can make a case for anyone outside of the great and powerful Raymond Oz. Oh, no question. I mean, he got himself off for murder, admitting that he killed his wife with dementia, somehow was able to do that. It's a remarkable, (laughs) remarkable feat. Uh, so good job, Raymond Oz. Congratulations on your fake award. You can add it to your legacy. 
Next up, another, another really difficult choice to make. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Watch first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Well, I hope that shelf has at least one more spot on it, Mr. James Whitmore, because we have an oopsie for you. And he has got now achieved the oopsie throopsie. Woo! He's had three of them now. So, uh, yeah, no. I, well, I talk about it at the end, but like that is a tour de force performance. Yeah, and like, it's you. And it not only is it just an excellent performance, but it forces the rest of the ensemble to to raise their game, or they're yeah, just going to really get did. diminished. Yeah, no, it it elevated everybody's game. Uh, yeah, just really awesome work. Congratulations to the new addition to your legacy. Next up. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Everybody was great. I'm minus Steve Harris, who I don't think said anything this week. Uh, <laughs> no, he gave like an eyebrow. Yeah, but I thought that I thought Helen specifically really had a, a cool episode. We got to see some colors that we don't generally see from her. Yep. So well done, uh, Larflin Boyle. Sorry, uh, <laughs> you a, need a sandwich too. Everybody needs a sandwich. Yeah, I had a Whitmore moment. Uh, as well as I thought Kelly Williams was really excellent too. She was more of a supportive character this week, but it, she there, I'm really blown away by how non heavy handed the Bobby and uh, Lindsay, Lindsay relationship has been. It's really sort of beautiful and understated, which is not always the uh, David E. Kelly way on the practice. No. And also like, in a show that was pretty vicious, she showed a lot of compassion. And that was a nice color because Lindsay doesn't always get that color. But the conflict, the internal conflict of Bobby d defending Raymond, trying to convince him the right thing to do, taking a few Hail Marys and attacking Kittleson and, and then breaking down and in that scene where he and... and Whitmore go toe-to-toe -to -toe about their hatred and about the details of the case. And then finally, Bobby's last monologue there where he has that moment with Lindsay really shows us that our captain, oh, captain, uh, Bobby Donnell is still is still a compelling character that's multidimensional, and he plays him with a plum. So I'm going to give my vote for Oopsie this week to Dylan McDermott. Yeah, I, I think he did a, I think he did a really, really, really good job and I, I like the, I like the uncovering of Bobby's vulnerability, not just his anger, and his sort of like righteousness. So, um, I will happily give him an a plum and an a banana. I got a very big dick. <laughs> Way to go, Dylan, for your oopsie award. And coming up now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires 
episode gets. Well, I'm conflicted. I, I thought the performances were excellent. I, I actually thought the writing was excellent, but I'm in a quagmire because I thought the plot was so-so. It wasn't exciting for me. I just, like I said, like we talked about before, I thought that I would have been more interested had we had discussed other things. I just, we didn't talk, basically talk about his dementia at all. Yeah, thought that was a missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity. And so, but the stakes were still really high and the performances were really excellent. And the outcome actually is pretty, really interesting because it it leaves so many unanswered questions that maybe we'll touch on, maybe we won't going forward. We don't know. And so I, I like that I like the questions it asks at the end more than the answers it gave. And more than the answers it asked during the episode, so I'm I'm conflicted, but I it's hard. You can't you can't dismiss the incredible performances. Yeah, and just uh, when you have the guest, when you have, I mean, even Kittleson, who didn't have too much to do, was so great in this episode. Uh, Helen Taylor just always excellent on screen. So despite my reservations. I still think it is an excellent episode worthy of 7.75 spare tires. Yeah, I mean, I agree with your criticisms of it. Um, you know, I wish that we'd gotten into uh, like everything we we just talked about in terms of like what was compromising his facilities and how does that change the liability of the stuff. Um, but I will say, it, well, and I was also... <sighs> His capacity in terms of just like life capacity, the difference between him in the previous episode and this episode, he was much more compromised in the last episode than he was in this episode. And I I think I have sort of like self-rationalized it a little bit with the uh, the litigating part of your brain that's, you know, still working in that in that sense. But I did find it a little jarring. The, the differences in the capacity between episode one and episode two. Uh, criticism aside, though, I think James Whitmore's performance and the writing that he got, his his closing statement uh, was so beautifully written and so heartfelt and so well done um, that if you cut out that three-minute segment then I think, you know, that could be every bit as good as any three-minute segment, not only in the series The Practice, but on any TV show out there. So uh, because of that, that it gets a it gets a Whitmore bump for me. So I am going to give it eight and a half spare tires, which leaves us with math. So this episode, entitled Oz, gets eight spare tires. And that means you have gotten through this very long, sleepy episode of Out of Practice. Um, you do it. You do the talking if now. If you would like to write in with comments, criticisms, or just funny jokey jokes, you can do so at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. 
Or you could visit us where we post all of the oopsies, all of the funny screenshots, and all of the definitive, definitive rankings of every episode of The Practice as we go on this incredible journey we are on. You can find that at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. None of that is right. Outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. Or go on Facebook, Out of Practice Podcast, or Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast, and look at all the funny things Keith does this week. It'll be interesting to see how he how uh, he does bastard child oh, forgotten wait. about Tom Brady. Oh uh, God! Oh God! Stop! Stop! Oh, <laughs> you gonna stop it? Oh my God! The Tom Brady <laughs> Award for being Tom Brady. We can't not have a Tom Brady Award this week. We're going to give the out the out of practice podcast Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady to Where's Tom Brady, Tom Brady? Uh, the <laughs> Where Where is the Tom Brady Award? Tom Brady yeah, Award. The, yeah, the <sighs> Ghost to, Forgotten About Tom Brady. That's what it is. Forgotten <laughs> about Tom Brady. <laughs> forgotten Tom Brady. Okay. Well, <laughs> Oh, wow. How I don't dare have you. the ability to skip ahead. If you would like to write in to the Out of Practice podcast, we, we, are, we again. already did that We did part. that one. Well, uh, don't forget to write in a happy birthday message for Keith so that it's not really, really sad next week when we get to the segment where I bring it up. It's going to be really sad no matter what because I'm, you know, like I'm not a big birthday person, so yeah. I always try to keep it low key. I don't have my birthday listed on Facebook. But my parents, uh, we hit my family has a tradition of torturing people on their 40th. We had a very famous like water fight when my father turned 40, which I remember, which makes me feel very, very old. Uh, but we actually spray painted like a handicap sign on his parking spot and like we had a banner. It was quite a thing. So I'm thankful. This is one thing that's good about COVID is that my family can't get to me. So I'm vaguely protected by that well much like james whitmore as raymond oz you will soon be wearing diapers my friend that's uh you know what i think that's we should just leave the podcast on that statement so everyone can think that's what mike wanted you to remember is that keith doing duty in his diaper or are those laser sounds no god jesus laser sounds